Today on the news and why it matters, the House has passed the resolution on the impeachment probe. And we learn more details about the alleged whistleblower. Also, baby, it's cold outside. Finally, someone is rewriting it. It was very offensive. Got a lot to get into. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Focahontas today. Uh, I'm just going to get me a beer here while we do the show. <laughs> Joined today by chief researcher of the Glenn Beck radio program, Jason Buttrell. We've got uh, editor-in-chief Josh Hammer from the Daily Wire. Editor-at-large technically, but happy to be back. Editor-at-large, <laughs> sorry. Not trying to take Ben Shapiro's title, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, that is what I just did. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Hope we're still friends. And uh, Luke Macias, you are te- you have your own PR firm, right? Uh, yes, political consulting firm. Political consulting. Thank you so much for being here. You're made in voyage on the show. There you go. I'm very honored. Oh, well, I mean, don't screw up or we won't have you back. I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm talking points. I screw up all the time and I'm still here. <laughs> so here. Jason's got it. <laughs> we got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Genesis 950. So for those of you who haven't heard, uh, we just got a new puppy at my house, which means we are cleaning up some accidents on the carpet. And it's never on the floor. It's always on the carpet. You notice that? It's like the, the new puppies, they always go on the carpet. The cats, when they cough up the hairballs, always on the frickin' carpet. How like, you, why can't you go to the floor? How do you know it's the puppy? Or is it the possum or the four cats or the bear and the polar bear that also live in your house? You got jokes. You got jokes. <laughs> I don't have those yet, okay? But just wait. It's coming. I will have an animal sanctuary someday, which means I have to stock up on Genesis 950. If you are looking at replacing your carpets, maybe they're old, maybe you've got a lot of pets too, maybe you have an animal sanctuary, and uh, you just got the, the pet odors that go along with that, don't replace your carpets before you try Genesis 950. Um, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they are gone for good. Trust me. I've used it. It works. It's legit. Pat Gray has also used it in his house. It changed their carpets as well. They didn't end up having to replace them. Um, And it is also green, so it's safe for your family and your pets. So if you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, you got to try Genesis 950. And as an added bonus, uh, you can also use it to clean your bathroom, your kitchen, your granite. You can use it to clean anything, even oil and grease stains. It gets everything. It gets the job done. you got to go to uh, Genesis950.com. Use promo code BLAZE, and you will get a free spray bottle and a discount. I would like to tell you they are also available on Amazon. But why get it on Amazon when you can give us the credit for it? Genesis950.com, promo code BLAZE, and you will get a free spray bottle and a discount. All right, so the House has passed the impeachment probe. I don't know that this is a surprise to anyone at this table. It was 232 to 196. There were two Democrats who actually voted against it, shockingly. Of course, there were all Republicans voted nay. Um, Jason... I find it interesting that this happens at the exact day that we are learning more about this alleged whistleblower and his strange Mm. ties. Does it feel forced at all to you (laughs) that this vote took place and they seemed to jam it through right on the same day? So I'm I'm really confused on this entire impeachment thing because some people wanted to call it a resolution, but then Nancy Pelosi is really quick to say, no, this is not a resolution because that kind of jump starts their timeline. So if they're actually voting, and I know, Josh, you could probably correct me a lot better on this, but from what I understand it, (laughs) from what I understand it was, you have to, so it's ridiculous, confusing in the Constitution, period. Mm -hmm. But 
if they actually vote in the resolution, that means that, okay, now you guys better start, now you start gathering your evidence, and then you start appointing the counselors that will start basically acting as prosecutors in the Senate. Am I, am I correct on that? So I haven't actually had time to read the exact text of what exactly they voted on, but based on all the media reports and what people are saying on Twitter and everything, it seems to me that the House did not actually formally vote to authorize impeachment today. Right. They, they voted to establish the procedural rules yeah. of what it will look like in the theoretical, hypothetical world. Which has never happened, right? I don't think. Has, has that ever happened? I, uh, I'm honestly not sure, but I, to my knowledge, all they did today was establish that there will be basic witness opinion protocol, there will be cross-examination, uh, the standard due process that has always entailed these, these proceedings. But the resolution today, as far as I understand it, was not a formal housewide vote to say we are moving forward that's not what this was yeah but what's weird is i don't even the way the rules are written i don't and i can remember looking at this I, when the clinton impeachment was going on i was a freshman in college as a political mm-hmm. science major so we of course we were just making that our soul like just study what was going on and then they were all up in arms that ken Starr had been appointed and they were like oh this is so unfair but basically from what i can gather in this is is that adam schiff is pretty much taking over the Ken Starr position, mm-hmm. which means that an entire committee in Congress is taking over that you know, position. So you think about that, just, just for the, just how odd that is right there. Yeah. The, the intelligence commu- uh, committee, which should be focusing on threats to the United States government, mm-hmm. Russia, China, at all, they're now focused solely on impeachment. That's just the weirdest thing ever. So then once they finish, once Ken Starr, I mean Adam Schiff, finishes his little thing, (laughs) then he'll take his information to the Judiciary Committee. Then they'll say, okay, this is the evidence. Now we vote on the resolution. It's the weirdest thing ever. And I think the headline out of today is that there's bipartisan opposition to Democrats Mm -hmm. continuing to proceed with their moves on impeachment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so I saw a lot of headlines about every single Republican voting against it. And I loved CBS wrote an article saying only two Democrats voted against impeaching, moving forward with impeaching the president. But the reality is that Democrats and Republicans actually agree at this point. And I don't think that that message is good for the Democrat Party to have their own members actually opposing, taking further steps to think about the rules that are going to be set up to then continue the impeachment proceedings. Yeah. So. You've got to believe that they're going to get uh, quite a lashing behind closed doors. Uh, I would assume so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the grain. To, to go, I, go ahead. I was going to say, but to, can, to your original question, the uh, this Oh, now you want to answer my question. Now I'll get around oh, to Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. Before you do that, though, um, I have also read that, and I forget the name escapes me of the congresswoman who came out and actually said this, but the 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 way that they're setting this up, Josh, you mentioned that, that that's what they passed today. They're, it's just kind of the procedural um, rules really prevents President Trump from getting due process. Um, so what I've been hearing is that he doesn't have the, the ability to call his own witnesses um, and the Republican ranking members can't issue their own subpoenas. So there, it's, I mean, that's not how things are supposed to be done. And then you see the president tweet, this is the greatest witch hunt in American history. And you're kind of like, I understand why he would say something like that. It really does seem like they're setting this up so that they can just nail him without him being able to defend himself at all. Yeah, I mean, Pelosi framed this, Pelosi and Schiff framed this as voting on the procedural rules. Mm-hmm. But as far as I understand, I think you're right. I think, I think that the minority party is allowed to suggest a witness to be subpoenaed, but the majority party has plenary power to just straight up nix it. That is, which we know that they will, which, yep. right? Of course they will. Yeah, of course they will. Look, Sarah, this is what's going on here, okay? I was talking with Glenn this, Glenn this morning. The Mueller report came up empty. 
Okay. The Mueller report did not claim the political scalp that the Democratic Party has wanted since January 20th, 2017, since the day that Donald J. Trump was sworn as president of the United States. What they are doing now, 11 months, 12 months before an election, is they are just trying to do what Bob Mueller could not do for them. And they don't care about the optics because they are so, so, so controlled mm -hmm. by the rabid tail that is the, that is their base. This is the, this is a this is a mm -hmm. prime example of a rabid tail wagging the larger dog of the party. And Schiff and Pelosi just don't care. They don't care about procedure. They don't care about fairness. They don't care about violating historical presidential norms. Mm -hmm. They care about claiming a scalp. So that's all that, that that's all they're doing here. That's all that's, all, that's what I what I hate about this whole process anyway is I don't I think that they can do it the way the rules are set up that way. I think they can be as unfair as they want to be Correct. with these rules. Well, right. And I mean, you know, we're not talking about even with with the Bill Clinton impeachment. I feel like we still people were at least campaigning on working with the other side of the aisle. Mm -hmm. Now you can't campaign for that. You have to say, I'm not going to go with anything that any Republican says. Or if you're a Republican, you have to say, I'm not going to agree with any Democrat. And that's what gets you elected. So it's like. Now we're in 2019 where things are different. It's a much different ballgame. And you have to believe that it's always going to be used to, you know, whatever party's advantage just to advance their agenda. Right. I mean, uh, th this is the argument or the conversation we're having right now and what's going on right now with the impeachment inquiry is the exact same argument that the founders were having when they established this in the first place. Mm -hmm. James Madison was one of the biggest, you know, uh, opponents of this. He said that the... Um, that this type of thing, the opening up the president to impeachment would just, I think he called it the intrigues of the state, would open the executive up to the intrigues of the state. Basically politics. You know, if they didn't like that side, they didn't mm. weren't happy, then they could, you know, just get rid of him if they wanted to or try to. This was the fear of impeachment. Now, I, I don't even want to get into whether impeachment's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, you could argue that every four years we can have an impeachment anyway. Um, but this is this is what we fear, and this is you know the, the the downside of the way the system is set up right now. They can pretty much do whatever they want. But I tell you one thing: Adam Schiff does not want this to go to the judici uh, judiciary committee yet. This is going to take a while. He's going to get all this stuff done. It's worse. We haven't seen the end of the shadiness, like the closed door stuff. Like I, I guarantee, they said this will make this more open. That's completely up to their whims, basically. They, that what they said now is we basically can make this more open if we feel like doing right. it mm -hmm. that way. But they don't have to. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we'll see a lot of stuff. I think we'll see a lot of stuff get leaked, just like it's been, to make you know their case seem a lot stronger. But the moment this stuff goes to the judiciary, and we saw this in the Clinton impeachment, is that the person that then was Ken Starr, he could then be cross-examined mm -hmm. by the Judiciary Committee. Mm -hmm. That means Adam Schmidt, uh, Schiff will then have to start ask, answering questions on, hey, uh, you know, did you, Mr. Schiff, you know, mm -hmm. meet with this whistleblower beforehand and instruct him to do all the things that eventually came out to the Inspector General? He doesn't want to answer that question, but he's going to have to once this actually goes to a real vote. Uh, well, the White House released a statement after this vote took place. They said the president has done nothing wrong and the Democrats know it. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats' unhinged obsession with this illegitimate impeachment proceeding does not hurt President Trump. It hurts the American people. Instead of focusing mm. on pressing issues that impact real families, like reducing gun violence, don't love that that's in there. Passing the USMCA, improving health care, lowering prescription drug costs, securing our southern border, and modernizing our aging infrastructure. The Democrats are choosing every day to waste time on a sham impeachment. Uh, and then they go on to talk about the just kind of what we touched on earlier, the secret behind closed door meetings, and that they, the Democrats want to render a verdict without giving the administration a chance to mount a defense that is unfair, unconstitutional, and fundamentally un-American. Um, I did read something earlier that said that this particular Congress has has introduced more subpoenas than laws. 
<laughs> and when you, you, when you, you hear that, you're like, wow, that's depressing. But at the same time, I don't know that I want this Congress passing laws. No, but I think that what, we, what we're talking about now is the very reason that Nancy Pelosi tried to avoid impeachment proceedings yeah. as long as possible. I yes. mean, the reality is that this statement that comes out of the White House shows that they know the Democrats are going to have a very hard time continuing to keep this scandal alive from now till November of 2020. And it's it, when the Russia story lost the wind behind its sails, they began to immediately move to impeachment. And I think Nancy was right to drag her feet. And uh, it's, it's going to be bad news for Democrats when they wake up and realize they can't keep the story going. Why do you think that she finally, I mean, it was, it was like a, a, flip, a, a flip switched. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, for over a year, she says, no, we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to do it. Yep. Oh, here we have no evidence of anything. Yeah, let's do it here. Yeah, I think well, Josh's you... point is is well taken, right? The yeah. idea that you have a tail wagging the dog of the mm-hmm. Democrat Party and you have the furthest left elements of their party deciding what they're going to do best strategically. And, and these people who have been through many a cycle are trying as much as they can to control that faction of their party and they're just not being able to at this but point. But if the Ukraine thing had hit before Bob Mueller, I don't think they would have done this. I literally mm-hmm. think it's, this is only happening because Bob Mueller could not claim the scalp. Yep. I mean, think about all of the reasons that they have brought forth to impeach just so far. They, I mean, every single time they just moved the goalposts. First it was Russia, and then that didn't turn out. So then it was, well, he's not mentally fit or something because of a tweet. And then it was like, well, he uh, called on uh, Ukraine and there was quid pro quo. And then they were like, oh, well, just kidding. It was really abuse of power. And, I mean, it's like they keep changing what the impeachment reason is because they don't have anything. It's, There's no there there. It's a big gamble, really. Uh, and back to your point on why did she do this now? I mean, I, personally, I think that they just want to make it... I, I think they want Republicans to be in solidarity, that they don't care about the facts. They're going to paint that picture. That you know, They don't care. He, the president did something dirty, and every single Republican now is not a Republican. They're a Trump you know, party, basically. Mm-hmm. That, and their entire party now belongs to Trump, and that's what they're trying to do. But what they risk doing is alienating the rest of the country, the other half of the country that voted for Trump. Uh, I, I personally think it would backfire, it'll backfire on them. I personally mm. do. Plus, you're, you're torpedoing Biden because the more dirt that comes out on this yes. will also make him look bad. So you're basically handing the party to the furthest left person that's, gonna be, that's got a shot at winning this thing. That's not Pelosi's party. So yeah. I don't know who you know, will, be, you know, will, will take the reins or what's going to happen yeah. after that. All right, uh, more on the whistleblower, the alleged whistleblower. Got some interesting connections to get into when we come back. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I saw, I saw Rush Limbaugh last month, like openly speculating that this whole year. Welcome back to the News and Why It Matters. I am, of course, Pocahontas. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you are like me and you are looking to move off of the reservation sometime soon, (laughs) realestateagentsitrust.com is your go-to if you are looking to buy or to sell. So Glenn's team has vetted the best of the best of the best in your area. They have someone where you are located or, more importantly, where you're going. Because if this is a cross-country move, you're not going to know what the right suburb is to raise your kids, to send your kids to school. You're not going to know any of that. You've got to rely on your real estate agent to tell you where the nice places are, where the good places are that you and your family are going to be safe. That is what realestateagentsitrust.com can do for you. It's super easy. 
in all seriousness, my husband and I just used it uh, last week because we are actually looking to to move and um, staying in the area, of course. But they got back to us within like 10 minutes and it was after business hours too. It was like eight o'clock at night when he called. I was like, geez, okay, that's some dedication to your work. So if you want a good real estate agent and you're also too lazy to do your own homework, you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. They will get you set up. It is realestateagentsitrust.com. So more about this whistleblower, which of course is the reason that we are having all of these stupid hearings and these stupid closed door meetings with Shifty Chef. Um, Eric Charmella. Close enough. Charmella. Charmella. It's spelled Ciaramella. Yeah. Can can we just spell things and pronounce them the way they're spelled? Yeah, Brett Favre. How about (laughs) it? Thank you. Brett Favre. Okay. Um, He's got kind of an interesting past. Jason, I know that you were looking into this guy, so I'm going to let you lay out who he is. Funny thing about this is that apparently, this is just news to us, but apparently Mm -hmm. everybody in the Beltway knew who this guy was. Hmm. And this is, Glenn's had multiple interviews with people that were like, uh, yeah, I pretty much know who it is, but I just can't say. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple people. Um, so yeah, this is no secret. Everyone knows who he is. Apparently the White House knows who he is. I Everyone. mean, I'm trying to make it sound like we got an exclusive here, but thanks for pointing <laughs> that out, Jason. Well, well, it's an exclusive to all of us, because they just haven't been able, they haven't put it out. And then when you first mentioned this at the top of the show, I think it was very strategic that it was launched, that it was released at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because if you know who this guy is, I can just imagine this going to the Senate and, mm-hmm. you know, a senator, you know, asking this guy questions. And this is what this is what the question, line of questioning would be. This guy worked for uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he worked very closely with Joe Biden when he was the point man for Ukraine. This guy's main baby was Ukraine. He spoke mm. Russian, Ukrainian. He was their expert for that. Um, he worked directly under Susan Rice. He worked uh, direct. Uh, he worked with John Brennan. Um, gosh, what big was, fan, big fan of Trump. Trump uh, Brennan. Oh, oh yeah, they're like this, <laughs> straight Good up friend. like this. Um, he also worked with a, a name that a lot of people that are that are, that are uh, fans of this network will know, and that was a DNC operative named Alexander Chalupa which we have talked about her for like a month now. And she was right there at the beginning of the, of the, of the entire Russia investigation when they were like trying to say the Russian collusion thing uh, was a thing. She was right there at the beginning of that. So they're working together, uh, doing God knows what. And he's also, he was, he was at the White House. He was at the National Security Council and he was at the White House in the West Wing. As they're like Ukraine This expert. is the biggest one to me. So he was fired from that position for leaking for leaking information, we found out that those leaks were mm. Russian cons- collusion conspiracy theories. So he was trying to push this collusion conspiracy theory. He gets fired to it, somehow winds back up at the CIA. Mm-hmm. And now he shows up as this whistleblower, even though he wasn't even in the room or even in the White House when this call was made. I'm sorry, but can you can imagine if you're a senator asking these questions, the senator would be like, wait, so why are we hearing you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, Josh, the credibility of a witness means something, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. It means on. a lot. <laughs> no, it means a lot. I mean, but was there any doubt all along from the beginning this, this story first broke out into the open that this was coming from someone very, very close to a very, very prominent Democratic figure? Yeah. I don't know, probably someone running, I don't know, probably someone near the top of the polls in the 2020 Democratic <laughs> race. I mean, th- this was just like, we, we, we knew this all along, right? I mean, but look, I, I was here last month, Sarah. We were talking about the deep state a little bit. For years, like, I, I, I refrained from this from this term deep state. It sounds yeah. a little bit conspiratorial, yeah. right? You don't want to be, you don't want to put on a tinfoil You don't want to be an Alex Jones yeah. listener, right? But, like, 
this is the this is the deep state. Okay, it really, the, is. it really is real. I have come around to fully accept and use this term. There is an entrenched bureaucracy mm. that is not 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 in line, be it policy, rhetoric, or any kind of substance, with the president of the United States. They have their own agenda. Example mm -hmm. of that. So that uh, William Taylor, when he gave his uh, yeah. testimony, he said that he would accept the job as ambassador as long as it kept going the line that he thought it was going to go. He goes, if I ever you know get the sense that our relations with Ukraine are changing, I'm quitting. Now, does that sound like someone following the president's direction or his own mm -hmm. or whoever is with him and the above him, right. the other members of the deep state? Yeah. Absolutely insane. Well, um, also, Luke, you know, you've got Eric, whatever, however you pronounce his last name. Carmelo. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> mm, now I'm in the mood for candy. Okay. And, um, you know, you look at what he's saying. It just seems so insane to me that really this has just come down to subjectivity, right? Like, I believe that he had ill intentions, Donald mm -hmm. Trump had ill intentions when he placed this phone call. Therefore, we're doing an entire investigation. We've got more witnesses coming up. Uh, Vinderman, who just said the same thing. Well, I didn't think it was proper. Yep. So we're doing this entire thing based on people's opinions on what the president's intention was? Uh, you know, their feet are firmly planted in midair. You know, I, always, I think that at the end of the day, um, they've created the reality that they want to operate in, mm -hmm. and that's the narrative that they want to push. And I think Democrats know that the more information that comes out about the whistleblower, the more partisan it will look, and the harder time they're going to have communicating to independents, acting as though this is some type of independent investigation or indictment on improper behavior by the president of the United States. And so I, I think it's put them in a very difficult spot and they could come out any day and say, no, this has nothing to do with partisanship. This is not about a Democrat operative who's coming out against the president, but they know that that's what it is. And so it's put them in a difficult position. It comes down to really, I mean, when they're making this case, it, it comes down, no matter if this was a partisan attack, we do have the transcript. So yeah. I, I think that they think they have enough just in the transcript to push hmm. this thing forward. You use the word improper. I, I actually think that this was improper. Like, I don't think the president should have said that in, in that phone call. I don't think she asked for it. But is that impeachable offense? That's what I was going to follow that up with. But yeah. no, I do not think that's an impeachable offense. But now it comes down to all these career diplomats. They're Ooh. all in the same, the same as just the whistleblower. They're all these career diplomats that had a certain view of foreign policy in that region. And if it strayed from that, they were going to do something. Hmm. And that's exactly what happened. But it comes down to, will they be able to produce any more information? Like the actual, like Nixon got buried with when the actual audio recording came out before that it really could have gone either way yeah. but once the actual when they heard him saying those things then it changed question is will that ever happen well here is my other question josh it just it's hard for me to understand how we're having an impeachment probe on president trump for what the democrats allege is uh you know he used his he basically strong-armed a foreign country and withheld aid because he wanted to get something done politically is that not the same exact thing that Joe Biden said on tape he did? So why are we not calling for him to step down from the race as well? So let's, even, let's take a step back even further than that, actually. Lest we forget, the only reason that any of this is in the news, as Mike Pompeo actually reminded us this morning in a pretty nice interview, I thought, with the New York Post, is that Barack Obama had withdrawn aid and essentially forsaken Ukraine to be slaughtered at the, at the altar of Vladimir Putin, okay? Trump essentially brought aid back to Ukraine. That's the only reason why any of this is even in the news whatsoever. But let's go back. I want to talk about the substance of the phone call and the aid itself. You know, two things can be true at once, as my boss always says, okay? <laughs> 
Foreign aid, from my perspective, is generally a, it's generally not good. Okay, it, it is generally a waste of taxpayer dollars at best. At worst, it is often absorbed by you know corrupt kleptocrats, dictators who siphon off to all sorts of special interests. So if you start with that premise. I actually want more quid pro quos. I literally want more mm -hmm. strings attached to our doling out of foreign aid. Totally you should have agreed. to do X, Y, Z before you get our hard-earned blood, sweat, and tear U.S. tax dollars. Mm. So, sorry. To no, no, no. Totally agree. I actually let's let's get into that conversation further uh, when we come back. It's also worth pointing out that it's not our tax dollars. It's like our grandkids' tax right. dollars, right? right. In case you missed Glenn's chalkboard special that aired last night, you can go back and watch it on blazetv.com. It's called Democracy Does Die in the Darkness. Oh, who knew? And you can save $20 on an annual subscription with code GB20OFF. You can also go on blazetv.com and watch his first chalkboard special, which I recommend doing before you watch this last one. Um, and if you want to hear more about Alexander Chalupa, which is who Jason mentioned earlier in the show, you got to know who this girl is. I, let me tell you what, she's not a soccer mom, okay? You can learn more about it on blazetv.com, on Glenn Specials. Overtime starts next. Maybe it's cold outside. It's changed. Yay! Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Wrapping up the previous conversation we were having about, you know, quid pro quo, okay, is that really a bad thing that we actually expect foreign governments to agree, comply, whatever, before we just throw them massive amounts of money? Josh. So it's not a bad thing. Um, I think the way Trump conducted himself on this phone call, Zelensky, probably not a great example of how he wanted this to go through. But it's absolutely not a bad thing. And, you know, let's try and be intellectually consistent here. I mean, I'm very pro-Israel, obviously, but I have actually long called for the U.S. to even phase out our own funding of foreign aid to Israel for this very reason. Because when people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders get up there and say, oh, if you don't, like, withdraw from, like, the West Bank tomorrow, we're going to take away your aid, that's actually, in theory, how I want foreign aid to be doled out. So I think yeah. it's better for Israel's sake if we stop wasting our U.S. tax dollars to let leftists do this. Yeah. So we got to be consistent on this. But yeah, quid pro quo, strings attached to foreign aid, not a bad thing in theory. Yeah. Jason, you agree? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, for one, the, there was what's hilarious about this is that the whole thing revolves around this quid pro quo, and I'm going to deny this unless you give me that. Well, the Ukrainians never gave us anything, and we gave them money right. anyway. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. So really, the entire basis for this, that our relations are going to change, you know, and it was going off in this other direction, we're so scared, and he was, said he was going to do this, none of it happened in the yeah. end, yeah. Mm -hmm. which is kind of, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, I, the, revolving the phone call, I, I, like I said, I, I do think it was improper. Mm -hmm. The only thing that when I really, when I'm trying to be intellectually honest about this, is the big difference between what Biden did um, even if he did this, you know, for selfish reasons to enrich his family, which is still bad. Mm -hmm. But um, but the way Trump did it, it was to it, it had the it gave the gives the gave the appearance of damaging his political opponent that he's going to be running against in the very near future. Mm -hmm. But that's the big big line there. Yeah, and I I find that to be an indirect, you know, type of thing because it's like 
yes, he is running for president now, but that doesn't change the fact that if there was corruption that happened way back when, we still should uncover that, right? I mean, we were told by the Democrats for two years that we had to investigate Russia because if there was corruption going on in the elections, American elections, if there's right. interference in American elections, we need to hear about it. We need to know this. We need to know that. Yeah. Donald Trump, originally, when he even talked about the quid pro quo, he was referring to all of the corruption, right? So... Right. Well, so it, it kind of goes along the lines of like the Russia investigation, I thought was in our national interest to figure that out. And I'm glad we did because mm -hmm. we actually fingered the exact Russians by name that were involved in hack in all the hacking and everything else. It was great that we did that. It were better for the country. Now, was it damaging to Trump? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. It, it was damaging to him. This is very, very similar. And I think it was in the national interest for the president to fully explore all the avenues of corruption that are involved in Ukraine. It's a corrupt place. I got this. I get this feeling that once you step off the plane in the, in Kiev Airport, that there's a line of dirty people willing to like do something <laughs> crazy. You know, like give you a bunch of a billion dollars in government money to do something for them. But uh, it's in the national interest for him to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, is it likewise? Is it potentially damaging to mm -hmm. Biden? Yes. Does that which mean I'm that sure he enjoyed as an added benefit, right? <laughs> right? Like, cool, two birds with one stone. You're right. But it's just you can't deny that it would be in the national interest for us to find out where all of our taxpayer money went. What's interesting with Trump is he's not, he's not a trained politician. So these are things that politicians do all the time. I guarantee you the same exact situation has happened in every single administration. Mm -hmm. But they are trained politicians that know what they can and can't yeah. say. They know how to be overt in some of these things and how mm. not to be overt. Uh, Trump, I think, is completely incapable of being covert in anything. <laughs> so these I things are going to come out. Literally anything. Literally anything. I would agree with that. So the uh, baby, it's cold outside, of course, mm. the, the Christmas tradition I like. I love the song. Do you guys like the song, or do you not care? One of my favorites. I yeah, love. Yeah. I love. It's not the like song. one of my top ones, but. I mean, I just want to find someone who will karaoke it with me. <laughs> because I nail the female part, but I don't know of any males who can sing. So. I think. I think you Jason? should. Any, no, any, no anyone way. out there? If anyone out there wants to karaoke with me, this is the song to do it. Uh, but not the new one. Not the new one. So John Legend, mm, our good friend John Legend. Super political John Legend has decided to team up with Kelly Clarkson to change the lyrics of Baby It's Cold Outside because, as we all know, it was super rapey, super offensive. Oh, how dare he ask her to stay? Every year. Obviously, Gosh. drug her drink. This is a song about rape. All right, so they changed the lyrics. Um, so Kelly Clarkson now sings, What Will My Friends Think? And John Legend replies, I think they should rejoice. She says, if I have one more drink, and he says, are you ready for this? You're going to all roll your eyes. It's your body, your choice. <laughs> They're like going abortion and Me Too right? all together. I mean, they, to be Every fair, social Luke, justice their signal. brains can only hold it's so many slogans. One track mind. They have a one track mind. <laughs> Why not just have the same one? One slogan mind, in fact. <laughs> Why not just have the same one? I, I, this is What's crazy is they don't see the irony in the, the music industry won a lot of battles in free speech, and we're pretty much they could say whatever they wanted to. You know, like, remember the, remember the old... Uh, what was the uh, Easy E's, uh, Dr. Dre's group, the NWA? Back in those days, that, that, like that was my time where I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, big free speech battle. I was a nerd, obviously, back in those Clearly. days. That's what, I was, that's what I was concerned with. But they don't see the irony, and you know, they, they fought for these things to be able to pretty much say whatever they want to say. Now they're literally in the same industry, and they're changing things and saying certain things are... I don't know, like not accepted. You know, you can't, you can't, you, there's only so far you can go in these certain areas. This is so going to come back and bite them. The Keep song, going down this line. The song 
is not a date rape song. It was written in 1944. Susan Lesser, who's the daughter of Frank, who wrote this song, said uh, she, it was her quote, I love it, because she said, you know, Bill Cosby ruined it for all of us. And, <laughs> and then she went on to say that, you know, I would hear this occasionally, that my dad, she's in her 70s, right, that my dad wrote this date rape song, and I would always, like, get very frustrated because he wrote it to sing with my mother at Christmas parties. That's oh, wow. when he wrote it, right? And mm-hmm. so, intent is prior to content. Yeah. And that's something that our culture today does not know how to handle. Right. So if he's guilty of anything, it's being a little frisky with his wife publicly. Um, but it's definitely not for writing a song that had to do with date rape, because it's literally a song that he and his wife would sing at their own Christmas parties in front of all their friends to keep them entertained. So, uh, you know, But nobody would go back and do that research. Nobody would actually think about it. They instead impl- know what he meant in 1944 and decide to have outrage about what it means today. Um, yeah, you know, let's see. They said that the song will be every bit as fun and swinging as the original, and its newfound sensitivity feels genuine. I don't think newfound sensitivity. That does not sound fun. That's what we're missing from society: is newfound sensitivity. That's how we'll make men masculine again, right? That's oh, how. Yeah. That, that's yeah. who. That's, we don't want to make men masculine again. Apparently, that's apparently we're not, not for that. We want sensitive, effeminate men. That's right. John Legend's helping us get there. Blazing oh, <laughs> a trail. He is the worst. It does make me uh, a little bit nervous for the future generations, though, because, you know, I realize the song still exists. They can't take the song away. But it just seems to be another way for them to cover up history and cover up, you know, historical references. And, you know, you've got Bill Nye now that if you go back and watch it, there's certain parts of it on Netflix that they've censored and taken out because mm. he talked about uh, gender and it doesn't yep. align with what their views are now. Yep. You know, you've got certain cartoons that can't be shown anymore because it's offensive to someone now. And it's like, what are we going to erase from our history that is good? we're going to miss someday? This is when, right when the Me Too stuff was kicking off, you just reminded me of this, there was this website you could go to and they were trying to blacklist all these different movies or actors, mm. studios, everyone that was involved in making some of this content. Mm-hmm. And so they were tying it to all these different Me Too things. Even if it was just an allegation, not even like a, you know, a conviction or anything. Yeah. And when you looked at you typed in a movie, and no matter what movie you typed in, it was red flagged. <laughs> so literally you could not watch a single TV show or a movie on there because somehow they seven degrees of Kevin Baconed it with this like Me Too thing, <laughs> seven degrees of Me Too or whatever, and it didn't matter how direct the connection was. It was absolutely insane. Uh, I believe it's six degrees. Is it six degrees? Six degrees. Well, see, that's how much worse this was. I one-upped it to seven. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why all TV was completely canceled. Once you go to seven degrees, there's no other <laughs> <option>. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so moving on. Senator Joe Manchin, he spoke with Neil Cavuto of Fox News yesterday, and he was talking about whether or not he, if it came down to Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, who would he end up voting for? He does not like Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. He has been very vocal about that. He also was pretty vocal about whether or not he would vote for Bernie Sanders. Watch. Um, Would you support his agenda? Uh, absolutely not. Bernie and I have had many conversations. I think that Bernie brings a lot to the table, get, makes you think a little bit, kind of uh, gets, to, gets the blood going and stirring everything, but it's not practical where I come from. Uh, Bernie keeps saying Medicare for all. I said, Bernie, we can't even pay for Medicare for some. I says, right now the trust fund's going to go broken by 2026, and these are people that paid into it and earned it. Now you want to expand it, what happens? So it doesn't make sense at all. What if he were your nominee for president and it's him versus Donald Trump? Who do you vote for? (laughs) 
Well, it wouldn't be Bernie. <laughs> All right, so it would be the president. Well, let's leave it blank. Oh, it wouldn't be Bernie. <laughs> uh, let's just say I, I'm going to make decisions based on what's best for my country and my state. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> that's oh, so very awkward. That is awkward. so good. It's so so good. you're not going to vote for Bernie. I uh, I gotta go. <laughs> it's, it's time for me to go. Um, so of course he was responding to Bernie Sanders when mm. asked whether or not all of his Democratic, um, you know, uh, lawmakers, his fellow lawmakers, would vote for Medicare for all. He said, "Damn right, they're going to vote for it. They're all friends of mine. That's why." Which is really not a great reason to vote for something. No. Right. Because they're friends of mine. That's not really what I want to hear. I want to hear that it's a good policy. I want to hear that you know right. it's not going to put us into more debt. I want to hear that it's actually going to do what it's says it's going to do, not because they're friends of mine. But uh, Joe Manchin, I mean, he's in West Virginia. So yeah. is, is this just him saying what his constituents want to hear? Yeah, I mean, West Virginia went for Trump by, what, like 35 to yeah. 40 yeah. points. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like one of the most lopsided margin. It might, it might have been the single most lopsided victory yep. of Donald Trump in the yep. entire country, actually. So Joe Manchin is saying what's going to get Joe Manchin reelected. I mean, but he, he is a more conservative Democrat, obviously, yep. like on the substance. But this is Joe Manchin looking out for his own electoral interest, for sure. Well, I think we see from the interview, Joe Manchin seems to be one of the uh, most mathematically astute Democrats that remains in their party. <laughs> you know, his ability to say, well, if you don't have money for Medicare for some, you probably don't have money for <laughs> Medicare for all, right? And so Democrats are going to have a harder time the more uh, members of their own party continue to criticize the socialistic plans they continue mm -hmm. to put forward. What's yeah. crazy is that's, I mean, there's, they're going, no matter who's up on the debate stage, whoever gets the nomination, it's going to be something like Medicare for all. Yes. I mean, I can't think of a single one of them that doesn't want to significantly expand it. It's yep. just, that's just the plan. All, all, who, all who want it you know, in all, some sort of Medicare for all. Yeah, yeah it's just, uh, it seems to come down to whether or not the candidate wants to eliminate private, private. insurance yes. completely. Yeah, yep. what, what's, what's, what's absolutely insane is like, if you ha are anything less than like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, you're considered a moderate on the stage. Yes. So they're saying that Biden is a moderate. <laughs> Dude's no moderate. Yep. Um, they're saying that Tulsi Gabbard is a moderate. Yep. This is something that you, there's like big personalities that you'll watch Who? on YouTube or whatever. Uh, Tulsi. <laughs> Tell me about her. <laughs> Bashar al-Assad. Oh. <laughs> they'll, say, they'll say that um, she's a moderate. And I'm like, yeah. How, where did this come from? Mm. She's on the Progressive Caucus. She like d d stepped down from the DNC to be a part of Bernie Sanders' yes. campaign. You know, but you yeah. know how she's a moderate? What? She was the only one on the debate stage that said that she did not support third-term abortion. Okay, so she does do some things that are actually sane. Right, you which know, is or like, saner. that doesn't mean she's moderate. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. But she's like that, and then she'll go on with Ruben, and then she'll say, you know, that, yeah, this, you know, some of this stuff is stupid, the way they're talking, you know, some of the things they're doing. So she sounds like she's a, I think she's a sane progressive. Yeah. It, wait, is that even a thing? A sane I think there's an oxymoron in my brain to explode. A sane person who belongs to the Democrat Party. <laughs> Apparently the human rights campaign can't stand Tulsi Gabbard because she opposed same-sex marriage back in like 2007. Right. Like back when like Barack yeah. Obama Barack opposed same-sex yes. marriage. Yes. And Hillary Clinton. Yes. <laughs> they all did. They've back forgiven then. them for that, not Tulsi Gabbard. Ugh. All right, yesterday's poll, do you agree with Rashida Tlaib that second and third graders should be making decisions about climate change? You guys came through for me. I said I want to see no less than 99% who said no. It's got to be at least, I would like 100, but I said I'll give you a margin of error, and we can only have 1% who said yes. And you guys did it. Awesome. Yay. That 1% was probably everybody in the building that just wanted to piss you off. So it was like <laughs> me, Stu, Glenn. <laughs> 
at Oh, Twitter. now I know who the <laughs> people to get are it up to who are oh, voting. Dang it, I'm sorry, guys. Who are trolling me. Uh, today's poll, if Trump gets impeached in the House, will it help him or hurt him in 2020? Jason, I think I heard you say earlier you think that it will help him. I think it'll help him. I, I think mm. it'll. I think everything that it'll bring out. I, 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 well, first off, I, I don't think they have much more than what they've already brought. So mm-hmm. if I think they take this all the way to the Senate, first off, the Senate doesn't even have to vote on this. Mm-hmm. Like if that, they, that could be their ultimate, you know, just slam on this is if they deliver everything to the Judiciary mm-hmm. Committee. They say, all right, Senate, here we go. And then um, uh, McConnell's like, nope, no, sorry, we're closed yeah. for the rest of the election, <laughs> until the election. Um, but I think that the longer they do this, it'll be like the Russia investigation. It's going to lose, uh, mm. it's going to start losing its uh, weight. And uh, if, 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 if the best case scenario would be that we get the House back because of this and Trump wins election. Thank you for that best case scenario. We won't talk about the worst case scenario. <laughs> Josh, what do you think? Is it going to help or hurt him? I could see it going both ways, honestly. I think it'll more likely slightly help. What are you running for office? <laughs> I see both no, sides. I see, no, I see. I see. I, I mean, I see a world in which yeah. in which Mueller fails, this fails. So the Democrats are like, you've got to finally defeat me at the ballot box. I can see that narrative, but yeah. I but I ultimately see the counter narrative being a little stronger. What do you think, Luke? I think at the end of the day, it is going to be a slight help to him mm-hmm. unless any more information comes out that we don't know about. Yep. And um, and the sooner. Uh, the, the sooner it happens, actually the worse for Democrats, because mm-hmm. I think that you're going to have a hard time keeping this in the forefront of the minds of the American people all which, the way through to November. Which, if you're a Democrat, you want to do, because if you don't do that, then you're faced with having to answer questions about your insane policies. Yes. Which, yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to do that if I were you guys either. Uh, let us know what you think. Will it help or hurt Trump in 2020? You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, it's been a lovely time. Uh, Baby, it's cold outside. We got to go. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. It's too bad none of us dressed up. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.